You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Now, listen, I announced uh, last week in our last session that we're in our church, our pastor, wonderful church, Faith Chapel, uh, Birmingham Faith Chapel, Columbus, but we're in a transition. In just a few weeks, I'm going to be transitioning out of the lead pastor role of Faith Chapel, and I'm going to be moving over into Mike Moore Ministries. I still support the church, still uh, uh, be a part of the teaching team of the church, but I'm going to be moving out into Mike Moore Ministries. Presently, you can get us on Facebook. You can get us on YouTube. You can uh, also uh, get on, on whatever podcast, Apple Podcasts, or whatever you get your podcast. But the first of the year, in January, we're going to move completely over into Mike Moore Ministries, and I'm going to kind of I'm going to change my emphasis on my Tuesday and Thursday podcast, and I'm going to primarily be dealing with the issue of leadership. We're going to be developing leaders, encouraging leaders, ministering to leaders. So I wanted you to know that's coming down. So I'm in a series called Real Love. It's a four-lesson series. So we have one more lesson to go in our next episode. And then my wife is going to do a couple of episodes. And then we're going to shut down our Tuesday and Thursday podcast to January. The first Tuesday, first Thursday in January, we'll go back to our Tuesday, Thursday podcast. In the interim, the month of December, we'll be planning and praying and preparing uh, for uh, January in the following year. So listen, let's get in the word today and let's talk about real love, real love. I see we still got some folk with us. Good to have you with us, Nancy and Derek and Alexis and Sharon. Good to have you with us, Felicia and Carolyn and Neat. Good to have you with us. Well, we're going to have a blast. Listen, we're going to have a blast. Real love. My objective in this four-episode series is to help you, help believers, learn the difference between real love and counterfeit love. That's what we've been talking about. Also, if you'll write down or make a mental note of the word balance, come on, say balance. Make a note of that word uh, balance. I believe this series is really about balance. Love is a word that we throw around a lot, but in some cases it's lost its significance. And in some cases it's not real love. In other cases it's imbalanced. So I believe this series is so very, very important. There are two things that I believe every Christian After you get saved, there are two areas you need to develop in your life, and that is the area of faith. And you can always go to our 
uh, um, uh, uh, we have a Faith Chapel app. You go to MikeMoreMinistries.org or you go to FaithChapel.net, download the, the church app. And I have a series called Boot Camp Faith. I think every Christian needs to learn how to operate in faith. And then the second area is in the area of love. I think once you get a handle on what faith is and how it works and what love is and and distinguish it from that worldly kind of love, I believe that you're on your way to growing strong in Christ and doing great things in the kingdom. But we're talking about real love. And we've learned in this series that there are two kinds of love. There's God's love, and God's love is everlasting. God's love is real love. And then there's the world's love. It grows cold. It's counterfeit love. Now, real love is the distinctive trait of the believer, In fact, Jesus says, by this shall all men know you're my disciples by this real love you have toward one another. Now, remember I said the word balance, balance. So in lesson one, we learned that real love is unconditional, but it's not codependent. Balance. (coughs) Pardon me. Number two, lesson two. We learn that real love is caring, but not controlling or manipulative. See the balance? Well, today we're going to look at another area, and I believe it's going to be great. I believe that you're going to really get blessed. Real love is generous. Real love is generous. I see Evelyn, good to have you with us. Marion, Alexis, good to have you with us. Real love is generous but not wasteful or irresponsible balance. You see the balance? It is generous. Real love is generous, and but it's not wasteful or irresponsible. So let's look at the first part of this lesson today. Let's talk about real love is generous. I believe that generosity is also a distinctive trait of the true, disciplined, growing believer. I believe that Christians should be the most generous people on planet Earth. I believe that when others talk about us, you and I, individually, when they talk about our churches, our ministries, the word generosity should come out. It should come up. When people talk about you, you should be known for your generosity. So what does generosity mean? I'm going to give you some definitions, and let's look at it. You evaluate yourself. Generosity means being liberal in giving, liberal in sharing, Are you liberal in giving? Are you liberal in sharing? Generosity means being big hearted, big hearted. Christians 
should be big hearted. Churches should be big hearted. Generosity means giving, giving that's characterized by abundance and extravagance. It's possible to give and not be generous. It's giving that's characterized by abundance and extravagance. Generosity, listen at this definition. Generosity is giving more than it than expected. Do when you give, do you awe people? Do people are they awed by your generosity? Is giving more than expected? Generosity is giving a better quality. When we give people things, we shouldn't give them our leftovers. We shouldn't give away poor quality stuff. It's giving on a larger scale, larger quantity of giving. Now, are you a generous person? Now, I'm a generous person. My wife uh, talks about me being a generous person. Uh, People say that I'm a generous person. I am intentional, though. I learned generosity from God. God challenged me when I was a tither. I was already tithing. He challenged me to be generous. I accepted the challenge, and I love generosity. I love giving. It's not an obligation for me. I'm way past that stage. I pastor a generous church, church full of people who are just extremely generous. I'm not getting ready to take up an offering, so I'm not trying to massage you to give anything. I'm just telling you, I pastor a generous church. Now, I did make a mistake early in my ministry in that we didn't talk a lot or share what we were doing. So people said, they're not doing anything now. in that big old church, they're not doing, but they didn't know because we weren't talking about it. But I pastor a generous, extremely generous people that are full of generosity in their heart. Are you a generous person? Do you pastor a generous church? Is your ministry, your business, is it generous? Now, listen at this. It's possible to be stingy and not know it. Think about that for just a moment. And I got my iPad here. If you want to ask me some questions, give some comments, you can throw it and I'll look at it at uh, at the close of this lesson. It's possible to be stingy and not know it. Here's my belief. And I've already talked to you about my church, but I'm talking about now general. I'm talking beyond the church. It is my belief that most Christians are not generous even those who are tithers. It is possible to be a tither and not be a generous person. And you can go back through the list of the definitions and and you can see that tithing is something that we should do. I am a strict believer in Tithing. My family is a strict believer in tithing. Me and my wife, we've tithed since early in our marriage. But it's possible to be a tither and not be a generous person. Now, generosity to family, 
Some people are generous. They're generous to their family and their close friends. But that's not really true, or maybe I should say full generosity. Generosity goes beyond just your circle, your, your, your family, and just your group. Now, listen at this. I learned generosity from the Bible. I learned generosity from God. Luke chapter 5, verse 6 through 7, in the New King James Version, it says, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets, uh, uh, their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come help them, and they came and filled both boats that they began to sink. Now, this is Luke five. Jesus instructed Peter to launch out into the deep and he would catch a large catch of fish and he caught two boat loading fish. The boats were singing so many fish. That's the generosity of God. It's just absolutely amazing. Now, the average person would not have done that, but that's the heart of God. God is a generous person, very generous. I want to be like God, so I am committed to being a generous person. What about you? Are you liberal in your giving? Are you liberal in your sharing? What about you? Are you big-hearted? What about you? Uh, When you give, do you give in abundance? Do you give extravagantly? Do you give more to people than what they expect? Do you give a better quality? Do you give beyond uh, just when you give to needy people, do you give them quality stuff? Do you give them quality goods? Do you give in large quantities? That's the way our father is. That's the way God is. He is generous. Now, remember this series on love is about balance, though, about balance, because you can give a lot and be wasteful. Now, let's look at that other side. Real love is generous, but real love is not wasteful. Now, you're going to have to meditate on some of this. Because some some of you are wasting time. Some of you are wasting resources. Some of you are wasting your energy. I'm not saying that to put you down. I'm saying that so that you'll think through this and you'll go back and meditate on this. Real love is generous, but it's not wasteful. Now, let's look at some scripture. Let let me give you some definition. Let's look at the word waste. The word waste means to fail or neglect to use. I was talking to a person in uh, one of our campuses, and she had, I was told, this musical gift. And I was encouraging her to use her gift in our church or wherever she attended church. And I told her her gift is a stewardship. When God blesses us with something and we fail to use it or neglect to use it, then we're wasting 
the gift that God has placed on our lives. And there are Christians, they're very gifted, but they are not utilizing their gift. That's waste. Waste is also defined as the wrong use of to abuse. That, that's what abuse means, to use in a wrong way, to use in an improper way. Baseball bat was created by an individual to hit a baseball ball. A baseball. Now, you take that same bat, hit, it, hit somebody across the head, that is an abuse of the baseball bat. That is a wrong use, an improper use of the baseball bat. That would be waste. Now, John chapter 6, verse 12 uh, well, verse, several verses before that, we have the feeding of the 5,000. And 5,000 men plus women and children were fed. Now watch this. Verse 12 says in the NIV translation, when they had enough to eat, he said, Jesus said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left. Why? Let nothing be wasted. John 6, 12, NIV translation, gather the fragments that nothing be wasteful. So God is generous, but he's not wasteful. Now, where am I going with this? And I want you to listen to me very carefully. It is possible, it is possible to waste money, time, and energy on people. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, this is so very important because I've wasted money. I've wasted time. I've wasted energy on people. Well, you said, shouldn't we bless people? Aren't we called to bless people? Aren't we supposed to bless people? Yeah, but we're not supposed to waste time on people, waste energy on people, and waste resources on people. I've had... God speak to me, and we were in a giving situation, and he said that we were wasting resources, wasting resources. Now, listen at this. It is possible to waste money. Are you evaluating? Are you self-evaluating? It is possible to waste money, time, and energy on people who don't want your help or support. There are times when we're trying to help someone, maybe it's money, maybe it's time, maybe it's energy, who don't want our support. There are people who do not want your support. They do not want your help. And, you know, God is like this. If you don't want his support, you don't want his help, then God won't violate your will and force his help and forces. No, he doesn't do that because that would be a waste. It is possible to waste money, time and energy on people who are not sincere, people who are insincere, people who are insincere. Sometimes people say they won't help, but they really don't. For example, I mentioned earlier about the church app. We have a free app that you can download. You can go to mikemoreministries.org. You can go to faithchampel.net 
and download a free app. And on that app, there are messages. This doesn't cause you anything. There's sermons that we've taught, messages, and it's all free. Now, I'll be honest with you, when I was first introduced to Christ and got into the things of God, I was so hungry for God. I mean, I just, everything I could get my hands on, I was trying to learn and I was trying to grow. If I had, at that time, a free downloadable church app that had the messages, and I'm trying to grow. I mean, I was I was really hungry and still hungry to grow. I mean, still hungry to grow. Man, I would have listened to every one of them sermons. I would have just ate that thing up. But there are Christians sometimes who say, and some are even members of our church, they say they want help, they want you to help, they want counsel, and won't even download the app. I mean, and if they download the app, they won't even look at it. People like that, and this may not sound like love, that's why I'm trying to teach you balance. It is a waste of time and energy to try to disciple people who won't even download a free app. And I ain't talking about people who don't have, you know, phone. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about people who have downloaded other stuff on their phone. I'm talking about people who know how to do this. I'm talking about people who download the app and won't look at the app. And it's all free. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of time for me to try to counsel you. Now, I will counsel you and then tell you to do it, and, and that's business. And if you do it, we are in business. We can work, okay? Because, see, I see you sincere. But people, there are people who they say they're sincere, but they're not really sincere. Now, listen at this. It's a waste of time, money, and energy on people who are not hungry to learn and grow. And I know that when I say, well, did you, did you listen to the, the lesson I, I wanted you to listen to on the app? You said, well, no, I hadn't got to it. Okay. See, that is the person right there. I'm not going to spend time. Now, see how I'm saying that? I'm not going to spend time. not going to spend money. I'm not going to spend energy on you. I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to sit up and try to counsel you and you won't even come to church. You won't even try to, you won't even, I'm not going to give you a personal pastoral uh, place in my life. You say, well, that's not love. It is love. See, that's what I'm trying to get you to see. That's balance. Don't waste on time on people because there's too many hungry people. There's too many people in the world, in your community, in your area. They want to learn. They want to grow. You tell them they read it. That's the person you spend time with. You spend time with that person. Don't spend time with everybody. Don't give everybody your time. Don't give everybody your energy. It is a waste of time. It's a waste of time to, to, to uh, try to talk to people who are not open to the truth. People who don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. It's a waste of time. Now, listen at this. Some people don't want to help themselves. They're not willing to help themselves. They want you. They want access to you. They want to talk to you, but they don't want 
They don't want to help themselves. And then there are some people that are antagonistic. Listen, they're going to debate you. They're going to come against you. They don't believe in that. Don't waste your time on that. Don't waste your time on that. You said, well, is that love? Absolutely. I'm trying to show you what real love is. Now, here's the scriptures, and I'm going to walk through this real quick. I'm going to walk through this real quick. But I want to give you scriptures that back up what I just said. Remember, I said you can waste time, money, and energy on people who don't want your help, don't want your support. They're insincere. They're not hungry to learn. They're not hungry to grow. They're not open to truth. They're antagonistic. Some people are not appreciative. They're not willing to help themselves. It's a waste of time. Now I'm going to prove it from the scripture. I'm going to show you from the scripture that I didn't just pull some out of the sky because the scriptures is how we should be guided, how we should live. You getting anything out of this? How many of you getting some out of this? You getting some? Let me see in the chat. Or are you getting something? I see someone. Hey, Leanne, it's good stuff right there. Teach us. Uh, I see it. I see it. You're getting some out of this. You're helping me today. Okay. Okay. I want to help you because the devil will come in and he'll, he'll tell you, you weren't walking in love. And then you walk around with this false guilt. And then I tell you what insincere people will do. They'll say, oh, there's nothing to that Christianity. And they'll try to guilt trip you because you won't be a crush to them. They try to get trip you. But when you have this kind of information, you just say, I love you. I'll be praying for you. And you can just walk away and it's all right. Now, where did you get that? Is that in the Bible? Are you teaching us the Bible? Yes, I am. In Matthew 7, 6, Matthew 7, 6, you can look at it in different translations. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It, Jesus says, do not give what is holy to dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. He said, don't, don't cast your pearls before swine. He said, don't give that which is holy to dog. Dogs don't appreciate your valuables. Swines, hogs can't appreciate those, those pearls. And there are some people, they cannot appreciate your wisdom. In fact, they don't want your wisdom. Now, here's, here's what I learned, and, and I'm going to have to move kind of fast. I've learned that there are some Christians, they want your money, but they don't want your wisdom. They want your money, but they don't want your minute wisdom. I don't want to hear that. Download a church app. Sure, I, I don't have time. Give me some money. See, they want your money, but they don't want your wisdom. And some pastors like that. Fortunately, not most of the pastors that I've been involved with. I don't believe that's true of most pastors. Okay. But there are exceptions where there are pastors exceptions, that few pastors, they don't want your wisdom. They want you to give them some money. They want you to give them some money. They don't want your wisdom. They don't want to know, know how you did it. They don't want to know. They don't want to know that. They want you to give them some money. You just give me some money. I'll be on about my business. And that's, that's the person that is a waste of time, money, resources. Matthew 10, 14, Jesus said this to his disciples. 
And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart, he said, depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. He said, if they don't want to hear what you got to say, he said, depart, shake the dust. That was symbolic of God's disapproval of them because they don't want to receive you because you're trying to give them the word. So it's not you. He's saying, don't take it personal. Shake the dust off your feet as a symbol of God's displeasure. But remember, they're not resisting you. That's what God said. He said the part because there are some people who don't want it. Matthew 8, 11 through 13. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say unto you, no sign shall be given to this generation. In, in other words, he said, the Bible says, he said, no. They said, give us a sign. They were insincere. They were hypocritical. They were really trying to trap him. They, they, they didn't expect him to give a sign. They were just, just antagonizing him. The Bible says, he said, no, I'm not giving you a sign. No, he said, no. Some people, you say no to them. Now, follow me. Then he left them getting into a boat again and departed to the other side. Listen, Jesus didn't stop preaching. No, he didn't say, nobody don't want to hear this. I'm just not going to preach anymore. No, 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 no. He departed from them, went to the other side, because on the other side, there's some people who want to hear. These people were religious, but they didn't want to hear. I don't sit up and debate preachers or ministers or uh, Christians. I don't sit up and debate people who don't want to know. They don't want to know. I'm not trying. Listen, my job is to teach my job is not to convince. That's the Holy Spirit's job and the individual's job. I don't waste my time like that. Now, unless it's just one of those things we're agreeing to do and we're having fun. Okay, fine. But I don't waste my time doing that. I think that's a waste of time, energy, and money. I could be doing something somewhere else. You said, is that love? First Corinthians, I'm just giving you the Bible. First Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 15, it says, but if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not on the bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. That's a marital situation. And God says, if one spouse wants to leave and they are committed to leaving, in other words, some people have departed in their hearts before they left. Scripture doesn't say beg them to come back and force them to come back and, and all this to come back. He said, if they want to leave, let them leave. God is not calling you, holding you responsible if a person doesn't want to work to make the marriage work. He's not holding you responsible. You want to, you want to do what's right. You want to, but the person don't want that marriage. They don't want you. That does not mean you're not wantable. It just meant they lose you. Don't, don't think of you losing them. No, they lost you because you wanted it. God doesn't make people get saved. He doesn't make people get saved. Now, that's love. Now, listen at this. 
Listen to this. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3, I can tell you looking real funny at me right now. 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, verse 10 through 11, it says, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God, and into the patience of Christ. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to direct your heart into the love of God, into the true patience, because there's some people you should be patient with, but they want to hear they struggling in their souls. They're struggling with issues, but they want to hear. I'm not talking about that group. For even 1 Thessalonians 3, 5, 10, 11, for even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you disorderly, not working at all, but are busybodies. And Paul, who is operating out of love, said if the person doesn't want to, then say they just unemployed can't find a job, they're trying to get work, then say they got a disability, they're sick or what. It's not talking about that. It's talking about a person who does not want to. They want you to take care of them and they do not want to work. Bible said they shouldn't eat. In other words, it says don't give to those people. Don't sow into those people who don't want to. Now, real love is not irresponsible. I'm going to hit this. And here again, I got, a, I got a question here, and I'm going to answer that in a minute. If you got any other questions, I want to hit the irresponsible thing, and then we're going to answer your questions, talk about your comments. You getting some out of this? Wave at me if you you getting something out of this. Let me see what. Oh, okay, you own. Somebody say you own. Okay, I'm getting me a shirt that says we we win. Okay, I got you. I got you. I was looking or had to look over something just to see what you were saying. Okay, I got you. I'm 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 feeling you. I'm feeling you. Now listen at this. It's real love is not irresponsible. Irresponsible to be irresponsible means unwilling to assume responsibility. Unwilling to assume responsibility. Now watch this. Are you carrying your weight? In the home, everybody should have some weight that they have to carry. Okay, the father, husband has his roles. The mother, uh, wife has her role. The children have their chores and their roles. Are you carrying your weight? If you're not carrying your weight in the home, in other words, you're contributing to the home being successful. If you're not carrying your weight, on your team, maybe you're on a team at work and you're not carrying your weight. The other teammates are doing their thing and everybody's waiting on you. Everybody's waiting on you to get your projects in, waiting on you to do this, waiting on you to do that. You're irresponsible. If you're in a church and you're not carrying your weight, you're irresponsible. It's possible to be a pastor and be irresponsible. Any pastor, and that's me, 
you, any pastor who's not praying for the flock, not spending quality praying for the flock, is irresponsible, not loving the flock. One of the greatest things past feeding the flock, because that's number one, is praying for the flock. That's one of the greatest responsibilities that a pastor has is to spend quality time praying for the flock. Now listen at this. Galatians 6, 2, traditional king says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ or the law of love. Bear ye one another's burdens. Now listen at that. Galatians 6, 2 says, bear ye one another burdens. That's a heavy load. More than one person can carry. Got it? Galatians 6, 5, the same chapter says, for every man shall bear his own burden. The word burden is used in Galatians 6, 2, and it means a heavy load more than one can carry. The word burden is used in Galatians 6, 5, and it means a soldier backpack. In other words, you've seen people with a backpack. Soldiers have backpacks. Students have their backpacks. Sometimes you have things in a backpack, and you carrying that yourself. Nobody is next to you carrying your backpack. So there are times, burdens, that are too heavy for us to carry alone. And the Bible says we're to carry one another burdens. In other words, you have a family member or you have someone who lose a loved one. We're going to jump in and we're going to pray for that person, give to that person, support that person, counsel that person, because that person has a situation too heavy. That's why God intends for us to be in church, connected to a church, connected to a small group, because their situations does not want us to carry by ourselves. But then there are other burdens that are backpacks. Nobody, nobody can meditate the word for you. Nobody can take your place and believe God. You have to attend church. You have to do what you're supposed to do on your job. You have to do your homework. You have to attend class. There are some responsibilities that we have to carry ourselves. How does that make sense to you? Now, listen at this. So, irresponsibility means being unwilling to assume responsibility. But here's another side, and I close with this. The other side of irresponsibility is not holding others responsible for things under our supervision. Let's say, let's say you, for example, Eli in the scripture, Old Testament was the high priest. I think it was the very first, well, no, he was a high priest. He had some sons who were priests. They were under his jurisdiction. They were not doing right in their ministration. They were sleeping with the women at the temple. They were stealing from the offerings. And you know, God went to Eli, the high priest, and literally judged him as a result of not holding his sons responsible. 
If you're a supervisor and you have people under you and you don't hold them accountable, you are being irresponsible. Love is generous, but it's not wasteful. Love is generous, but it's not irresponsible. I hope you got something out of that. We got one more uh, session that we'll do. I do have this question. Seems like it's only one, uh, but it says, Pastor Mike, do you handle this the same way when your children won't listen to your counsel and your counsel is based on the word, not just on your opinion? Yes. It, and, and see that question, I don't have all the insights to that question, but if they are small kids under your jurisdiction, or if they're people that are living with you, then loving them, loving them is being generous, but it's not being wasteful. Sometimes you can be wasteful with your children. If you're buying all these toys on Christmas and the kids don't appreciate then why continue to buy all those toys? Buy them a few toys. Let them learn to appreciate something. If you're always giving them an allowance, but they don't want to ever do a chore, loving them is not keep giving them money. Loving them is letting them learn how to work. So yes, it's true of children. It's true of grown children. It works in the family, the council. And here again, if you have people you know, in some cases, when it comes to kids, they don't have a choice, really. I think sometimes we give teenagers living with us choices, whether they're going to do it or not. And I think that's a mistake because they're not independent. And sometimes we do it with our kids. We let them make decisions. And when it comes to adult children, yes, if the adult children don't want your counsel, you don't try to force it on them. Good session. I hope you got blessed out of this. We're just trying to get us some balance with this love thing. And when you understand love is not wasteful, irresponsible, you can say no and not feel guilty about it. Sometimes you need to say no. And you don't have to walk around feeling guilty because you're a Christian. God is not wasteful. God is not irresponsible, but he's very generous. I hope you got something uh, out of that. Listen, we got one more session. We're going to be talking about love is passionate, but it's not selfish. It's passionate, but it's not selfish. And we're going to talk about that in our next session. Have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Mm-hmm.